everybody. Welcome back to Ubaldi Reports. Now, last night, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton squared off on military and veterans issues in separate appearance, like a town hall. First, Hillary Clinton came out and she spoke for a half hour during a town hall and the moderator was Matt Lauer. And then after that, uh, Donald Trump followed suit and he spoke with an, um, for a half hour with Matt Lauer. This was basically set up as a commander in chief forum. It was in New York and the vast majority of the people in the audience were military veterans. And the questions military veterans got a chance to ask both candidates. And again, like I said, Matt Lauer um, hosted this event and asked the questions. But if you watch the Matt Lauer interview, you can get the nuances of the, the, the body language of both Clinton and Donald Trump. And both seem nervous. Both seem not really kind of at ease because this was kind of both out of their element. Even though Hillary Clinton had spent time as Secretary of State, it just seems like everybody, both of them were uncomfortable in this particular setting. But then you go and read the transcript. This, um, the transcript was a little more telling than the actual um, interview itself on live TV. When you read the transcript on both Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, they really didn't address the issues. They just, I wouldn't even say they were at the wave tops. They totally missed some of the challenges that both candidates, if they become president, if they're elected in November, will become commander in chief in um, January of next year. And they just did not answer the questions. They were very superficial and lacked very strong substance issues. Now, and I'll get to this first, like when Donald Trump was asked by a military veteran, what would you do in defeating ISIS? Or once we defeat ISIS, then what? And Donald Trump was just kind of like all over. He really didn't address it and just kind of swung it back in another direction. And it was like, he's asking you a deep question that we're not getting this from the Obama administration, because obviously he's going to punt that to the next, um, the next president. But Donald Trump talked about we're going to defeat ISIS. The generals are being ramrodded by the Obama administration. He kind of put it through Hillary Clinton into that mix as well. But he never addressed the issue. Well, okay, you defeat ISIS. What, do, what, what happens to ISIS after we defeated him? Does the al-Nusra front? That's an al-Qaeda-based group in, um, in Syria. What about Assad? Back in 2011, five years ago, President Obama and Hillary Clinton both said that this the time for Assad to step aside is now. So we're five years later. Assad's still around. What about the Iranians? They have um, their Revolutionary Guard Corps heavily involved in um, Syria. They got Hezbollah, their proxy force from Lebanon. Russia is conducting bombing missions against the very rebel groups that we're supporting out of a couple of military bases inside Syria. What about the um, the Gulf states, Saudi Arabia, the Gulf, you know, our Gulf allies, the Bahrain, Qatar, Oman, Kuwait? What about them? They don't see ISIS as the threat that we do. They see them as a threat, but their biggest threat is Iran. So what? And then you go to Israel, our staunchest ally. They see again see ISIS as a threat, but their biggest threat is once the war in Syria ends, Hezbollah forces are coming back to Lebanon. And they're going to be highly armed, highly trained, and they're going to receive the millions of dollars to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars since the money we gave to Iran, part of the nuclear deal. So 
Trump never even mentioned that. And it's just striking that we're going to have elect someone as commander in chief and neither Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump ever addressed the issue. Now, Matt Lauer did address something with um, with Hillary Clinton, and this is regarding um, her emails. Now, there was a, um, a lieutenant who asked him about, hey, in the military, I handle classified material. I have a very high security clearance. And if I did mishandled it, I would be prosecuted. So how would you, how do you square that? And Hillary Clinton made this statement that I just thought was, it's, it was not accurate. I mean, it's partly accurate, but it doesn't give the whole conveying of the truth, especially to the American public who have never served in the military or, excuse me, may have never served in the military or the intelligence. Now, here's, here, here first of all, here's the question. The question is, Secretary Clinton, thank you very much for coming tonight. As a naval flight officer, I held a top-secret, sensitive, compartmentalized information clearance. That provided me access to materials and information highly sensitive to our warfighting capabilities. Had I communicated this information, not following prescribed protocols, I would have been prosecuted and imprisoned. Secretary Clinton, how can you expect those such as myself who were and are entrusted with America's most sensitive information to have confidence in your leadership as president when you clearly corrupted our national security. And this is um, Hillary Clinton's response. Well, I appreciate your concern and, and also your experience, but let me try to make the distinctions that I think are important for me to answer your question. First, as I said to Matt, this is referring to Matt Lauer, you know, and I know classified material is designated. It is marked. There is a header so that there is no dispute from all that what is being communicated to or from someone who has that access is more classified. What we have here is the use of unclassified system by hundreds of people in our government to send information that was not marked. There were no headers, there, were, there was no statement, top secret, secret, or confidential. I communicated about classified material on a wholly separate system. I took it very seriously. When I traveled, I went into one of those little tents that I'm sure you've seen around the world because we didn't want there to be any potential for someone to have embedded a camera to try to see whatever it is that I was seeing that was designated, marked, and listed um, or headed as classified. Now, the, the thing that she said at the, the beginning was, I, there, was, there, was it's things, there was no headers that were statement that was marked top secret, secret, or confidential. Now, when you receive documents that are of a classified nature, like she said, between top secret, secret, or confidential, they're going to have a stamp on it. But the question is, how did that information end up in Secretary Clinton's private email account on a private server, not tied to the government domain? Now, what my listeners need to understand is, when you send or receive classified material, you can only send a secret to a secret in one on one server which has its own separate email account top secret to top secret on another its own separate email account the the, the classified networks do not and I reset this again do not cross over into other the other domains you cannot send a top secret email to an unclassified network or email it doesn't work and the idea 
that when you send a classified email, it automatically defaults. You have to put a header on it that says, what classification do you want it to be? Secret, top secret, or even you can send an unclassified email on the top in the um, that's designated with a header that's unclassified on the secret side, but it's still under this, it's still classified indirectly as secret because it's on the secret portal. Because when you print it off, you print it off to each paper that you print to is color co- color corresponded to what realm of a server you're on. Like red is always for secret. I can't, I can't remember. I think it's yellow is top secret and obviously and white is unclassified. So the question is, and this is the one thing she, she is not really straightforward. Once it says C on it, that's classified or, or confidential. S for secret and top, TS for top secret. So the question is, how did all this classified material ended up on an unclassified network? And that's one thing nobody has identified that and how she handled classified material. This lieutenant who asked this question or this flight officer asked the question was actually correct. I've talked to many people in the intelligence community and I definitely spoke to a lot of people in the military and I've been in the military. I served 30 years. I had a classified email. I had a top secret. It's expired now, but there's certain rules and regulations that we had to follow. We all had to follow a or sign a non-disclosure form how we handle classified material. Everything that she's been alleged and admitted to, we would have been prosecuted for. So it's interesting how she tries to spin this. But I'm not trying to pile up on Hillary Clinton. But if you go by that, she was not she was disingenuous at how she explained it. She really didn't explain some of the issues that Matt Lauer and Matt Lauer wasn't the best. I mean, he's, a, he's a, probably a good um, reporter, but when he does the morning news segment, he's not trained as a political reporter. That takes years and years of experience and questioning and what right questions and how to follow up. He didn't follow up on some of the questions that he needed to ask on both of these candidates. Both of the candidates were asked about how they would um, handle certain situations as commander-in-chief, especially as it dealt with when would you use military force if you had to and what would you do? Secretary Clinton would use it as a last resort. Donald Trump said the same, kind of the same thing. We would not use it as our first option. But the question is, they all want to defeat ISIS, but they don't want to use the, mil- the military to do that. They just want to use, the, you know, bomb some more or do different things. No fly zone, Hillary Clinton mentioned in a previous um, comments, not last night, but they never really addressed the crux of the problem. How do you solve the problem in the Middle East with all the complexity and nuances that are going on? This was never addressed by either candidate. And the one of the most disturbing, that one that just infuriates me, and I can't speak for all veterans, this just infuriates me. As somebody who served in Iraq, somebody who served in Afghanistan, Donald Trump was asked or stated that he was against the, the, the war in Iraq from the beginning. He mentioned a Vanity Fair article in 2004. But the war in Iraq started in March of 2003. Now, prior to the war starting, and Secretary Clinton did mention this, he was on a radio interview with um, Howard Stern, and Howard Stern asked him, do you support the war in Iraq? He goes, yeah, I guess so. 
but we should have defeated, we should have done the job back in 1991. But now Donald Trump is adamant that he was against it from the beginning, but there's no proof that he was ever, that he said anything prior to the military crossing into Iraq to topple Saddam Hussein. Hillary Clinton, on the other side, she voted for the war. And if you go back to 2002, in the lead up for the vote that came in October of 2002, she was all in favor of doing this. She voted for the war authorization. She spoke out, we got to remove Saddam Hussein. He's a menace. All the things that were, were mentioned, she was in support of it. And then because the war didn't turn out as well as everybody thought it was going to be, she voted against the surge. And this is really the one issue that kept her from winning the presidency in 2008 because Barack Obama said he was against the war from day one, but he didn't have to vote on it. So he was given a pass on that because he didn't have to make the the vote. She did. And a lot of progressives on the Democratic side were against it. And the reason why this infuriates me is everybody voted for this war. And now everybody comes back and says this is a mistake. So how do you square that with the 4,000 plus military personnel who died, the many hundreds of thousands, many thousands who were wounded and every, or even those who weren't wounded or killed, the lives were up, was upturned. Many of these guys did multiple tours. I just did one tour in Iraq and two in Afghanistan, but it just bothers me when politicians, all, they were all gung ho at the beginning, but when the war didn't turn out well, then they decided to change their vote or I was misled. So it's like you want us to you want to be commander in chief, but then you made a oh I made a mistake, and then you're going to criticize the war. But what about those who actually had to serve in that war? And neither candidate Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump actually spoke out and said anything credible what they would do differently. It was more or less they were talking through each other. They weren't they blamed each other for certain things, but it wasn't you know the the the, uh, the viral attacks, but. It's just strange. They didn't talk about um, what would they do in the Middle East. They didn't mention hardly anything about China or all the other problems around the world. They just focused on the Middle East and some of the statements that Donald Trump made. And even Donald Trump kind of made a statement that he he likes, you know, Putin's popular in Russia. He mentioned some polls, but it's kind of like he said, if he likes me, I could like him. But it's like, do you understand who Vladimir Putin is? And what, how he, why he's popular there? It has nothing to do with popularity here, like in the United States. It's a very uh, authoritative country. Is that somebody who's who he's going to admire? So neither candidate did well last night. I mean, so maybe this is like a test case. They can clean up what they did wrong or what they did right when they come into the debate in um, on uh, was it Monday, which is in September 26th, which is a Monday, when they're going to have their first debate. So, And I think that's going to be uh, moderated by NBC's Lester Holt. But the question is, they just didn't do a great job. I mean, it was just, if this is the best candidate we've got. And then when they went into the VA, Hillary Clinton's against privatization. They did mention how you would fix the VA. And no one gave a coherent answer. And considering we went from $95 billion in 2008 and we're spending $170 billion today. And that's from the Department of Veterans Affairs' own budget, I mean, own uh, website. And anybody can Google that to find out. Um, and that's what they should look at is that. It just wasn't, it wasn't a great, it wasn't a great debate. I mean, it's not really a debate, but they just didn't ask the tough questions. And 
this is what we need to know. We're going to have one of these two is going to be president of the United States. And one of these two is going to be the commander in chief. And we really don't get beyond just the attack, attacking each other. I mean, for right now, and I study the Middle East. That's what I've got my master's in. That was my concentration when I was in graduate school. I've written a couple articles on it and, and military journals. And you listen to this and it's like, they're not even asking the right questions. They're not even adhering to the, the, the complexities on the ground and what is happening there. So hopefully when Lester Holt takes over as a moderator of the debate in um, um, on the 26th, that they ask these tough questions and they follow up when they say something. Because, wait a minute, you missed this. You didn't talk about Iran. You didn't talk about this. You didn't talk about that. What about China and the South China Sea? What about all these areas of the world that Donald Trump talked about? He wants to rebuild the military. How are you going to do that with sequestration? Because the, the Democrats aren't going to go along with it. They want, if you're going to increase the military, they want to increase spending on domestic issues. And, that's, and Hillary Clinton won't be able to do that because her base doesn't want to increase the size of the military. So how are they going to solve these problems? And it's time we ask them the tough questions and quit getting the partisanship in and just ask them tough questions. And then follow up when they don't answer those questions. But this was 30 minutes for each. They need longer time, but they need to get them down to the point. I think the moderators need to challenge these candidates. You didn't answer the question. We'll give you a chance again and really challenge them. But we're so caught up in who didn't ask what that it, we're failing the American people. And we're definitely failing the, the military personnel who put their lives on the line to protect this country. So as we get ready for the debate in the, on the 26th of September, let's see, what ha- let's see what happens. Let's see if they're going to answer these questions. I'm not hopeful they will, but let's see what happens. Hey, if you get a chance, go to Amazon and get my book, The New Business Brigade, Why Businesses Should Hire Veterans. Check it out. Let your, let your friends know about this book, and it's a great opportunity to see why businesses need to hire veterans, the untapped resource they represent. Keep listening or listening to Ubaldi Reports on my podcast. You can go to my website, Ubaldi Reports. Catch me on Facebook and Twitter. And let me know what you think. Let me know what you think of this podcast. What do you want to hear? What do you want me to research? Or what do you want me to talk about? And I'll, I'll make sure I do. Hey, thanks for listening to Ubaldi Report. Let your friends and family know. And keep listening to Ubaldi Reports.